Hi, and welcome to the Savvy Social Hour podcast. This show is for female biz babes looking to up-level their business and become rockstar entrepreneurs in no time. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited to chat with you about today's episode. Let's get right into it. Hey, Savvies. Welcome back to another episode of the Savvy Social Hour podcast. I'm here today with Haley Dale. Haley is a certified content strategist and founder of Your Content Empire, where she partners with small business owners who are over the shoulds and ready to build their content empires their way. Through her programs, DIY content kits, and award-winning tell-all weekly blog, she's helped thousands of entrepreneurs create smart, smarter content on a consistent basis that delights them and their customers while growing their bottom lines. I'm super excited to have Haley here to chat today all about using cash injection campaigns, even if you have a tiny email list. So let's just dive right in. Hi, Haley. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here, and I cannot wait to chat all about cash injection campaigns with you. So before we dive into the episode, tell us a little about yourself and your business and just how you got started doing it all. Sure. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me um, here. I'm so excited to be here. Um, So my business is Your Content Empire, and I'm a content strategist there. Um, And to go back to the beginning, I think I spent my first, I'm in now in my fifth year of business, um, and there's been some pivoting in there. There's been a lot of figuring out and experimentation to get closer and closer to what it is I want to do. And for the first six months of my business, I started as a web designer, um, and I was working full-time at the time in communications and content strategy and consultancy. And so I, when I started my business, I needed an outlet to kind of get away from doing that work. Um, And so I started my business all about web design, thinking I wanted to get as far away as I could from content strategy and marketing. Um, And yet when it came to my own content for that first six months, all I would write about was content strategy because it turns out it wasn't so much the subject I wanted to get away from, but more how I was doing it and who I was doing it for. Um, And so now I cannot, four years later, I cannot get enough of it. And uh, there was no looking back. And so that's what I do. Content strategies and sales funnels for online business owners. I love that. And don't you love how like things like pivot over time? Like even if it kind of stays in the same realm, it's like everything's kind of changing. And if you are still like doing something in the corporate world, that doesn't really happen as much. Like it's just like, okay, you add like a new duty or something. But other than that, it's not like a huge shift. Yeah. I've been having so many conversations with business owners lately who are in similar boats to that. And like, it's funny how full circle all of these things come and how much pivoting goes on to finally get to that full circle. Right. Right. Yeah. I I mean, I've been in business for about three years now. And I mean, I started as a social media manager and now I mainly just do Pinterest, but um, I'm kind of expanding into podcast management and also project management because those are two things that I like didn't even know like could offer online until like about a year ago and then I was like wow I really like doing this so that's kind of like my focus but like I would have never thought that that would be my direction considering I started as like a social media manager and that like those two things are not really included in that <laughs> realm so it's just interesting. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I think um, that's the best part about being, I was not, probably not a very good employee because I wanted to just chase my own passions. And as an entrepreneur, we can totally do that. Exactly. I love, I love that like freedom that it gives us to kind of, you know, if something's not working, you can fix it. Whereas when you're an employee, you're like, okay, um, I guess I still have to do this even though I don't really want to. 
So yeah, cool. Um, so today we're gonna be talking about cash injection campaigns. I've heard of them personally, but I know there's a lot of people out there that probably have it. So let's just kind of like talk about the basics. So what exactly is a cash injection campaign? Yeah, so I think a lot of people probably have, um, I think there's some different um, variations of them and different definitions of them, but for me, what a cash injection campaign is, is that it's really a way to realign your content and your marketing with your offers, um, really to create a quick infusion of cash and sales in your business. So, you know, some people might need these cash injection campaigns to pay their team or a business expense, or maybe they're investing in something really exciting um, without having to put it on a credit card or heck, even just, you know, it allows them to pay themselves. And so for me, cash injection campaigns is you know, they came into effect with my clients because a lot of my students in particular, not necessarily my clients, um, they would come to me and they would be really frustrated with content and that they weren't seeing the ROI from it and weren't seeing it as a profitable activity in their business. And so these cash injection campaigns were really a way to prove to, to my students that um, content could be extremely profitable and a revenue generating activity. Yeah, I love that. So when it comes to cash injection campaigns, like what can you do to inject that cash into your business? Like what are some of the different ideas for people that are looking to do this? What, like what can they do to make that cash come in basically? Yeah, so the, the three that I teach, and I actually have a masterclass with three of my blueprints in there, and they were like pulled from those experiments, like those kind of with my students, like, all right, I'll show you guys that content is profitable, let's do these. So the first one, and they're all that I've used in my own business. So the first one is like, you know, um, you can go and guest in other people's programs, and how do you turn those into consult calls? So I mentioned that I was a web designer, so when I was doing that, I would go into, I was invited into group programs, and how do you leverage that into like console calls and then upsell into your packages. Um, and so I, when you're doing kind of the guesting strategy, I like to say, instead of offering like a PDF freebie or something at the end of it to offer a consult call, right? Because people have taken some time to get to know you. And so, especially if you're a service-based business owner, that can be a really great option. Um, and then, you know, there's other ones as well, right? With the simple PDF freebie. So if you have more of a digital product, right? How do you really create kind of um, buzz around that freebie and how do you get to the offer really quickly. I like to do them in like all of the cash injection campaigns that I teach are like within two week kind of timeframes. Mm -hmm. um, so they are really big burst in your business um, and they definitely do require work. But if you need to generate some cash in your business, um, that should be expected. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And definitely like a consult call, like, you know, obviously like a free consult call and then being able to turn them into a sale is like you said, a little more work, but in the long run, um, you know, you're getting new people, um, into your business that way. And you don't like, cause you know, if you just get them on your email list, you offer them a freebie, like that's not immediately going to turn into a sale, especially if you're not selling products. So I think that's a really good way to kind of get your, um, stuff in front of more people and then be able to actually serve them with your services or, you know, if you have a product or something too. A hundred percent. Yes. So, you know, I know there's definitely things where people will just kind of do like a quick little launch to get a little bit of, um, income flow. So would you recommend like doing that too? Like if people are just like, Oh my gosh, like I need some more money. This month is kind of lighter than I expected. Um, do you recommend them kind of like whipping up something really quick to put out there or should it be a little more thought out than that? 
So I think that cash injection campaigns are best when paired with like a longer term strategy, because like I said, they're kind of two week bursts. They're a lot of work. It's pretty intense. Um, but if you need to do that, you need to do that. So most of my students now, they use this as a quarterly kind of supplement to their longer term strategies. But of course, these can be pulled out in an emergency case situation like, you know, I need to make rent or whatever that may be. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love that. Cool. That's definitely helpful. Um, so I know the you said that kind of like having a small email list um, that was kind of mentioned when you sent in their topic. So like, how can we actually make a decent amount of money in our business with these campaigns, even if our list is like, say under 1000 or under like 2000 even? Yeah. So what's great about these is that they actually build your list at the same time too. And a lot of the strategies, like there are definitely some cash injection strategies that rely on you having a bigger list because you're not necessarily going out and finding other people. Um, but the three that I teach for people with small lists are, you know, that simple PDF freebie, um, even if you have a tiny list and really creating a blitz campaign around that. So that's really growing your list at the same time. The second one is going that guest teaching route. So it's totally not dependent on your list size at all. So it's great if you're starting out and you have something that you're really passionate um, and have an expertise that you want to go into another group program or you, you want to go into a Facebook group and, you know, do some guest teaching for the host of that group for their community. Um, so that's not reliant at all on you having, um, having a list to begin with. And then the third one is also for consult calls, like really around, um, you know, how do you lead with value? How do you get those calls booked? And that is also reliant on that social media and kind of blitz campaign angle. Um, but all three of those don't rely on your list really at all. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think, you know, a lot of people get hung up on the email list portion, like, oh, my list is small. Like I'm not going to make any money. Because, like, yeah, they use it as kind of an excuse sometimes, I find, when really there are other creative ways to get around that and yeah. build your list at the same time. Yeah, and especially with, like, products. I think that's, like, a bigger objection for people who just sell products versus service-based business owners. Because I don't know, like, a ton of service-based business owners that get a ton of leads from their email list anyway into their business. Like, they can get some, but it's not, like, their huge focus. Like, their focus is definitely other places. But and that's, a, like, a big thing that I hear from people, like, well, my list is only 700. How am I going to make money? You know, and you're like, well, you know, like it doesn't need to be all about your email list. And if you're doing a good enough job nurturing those 700 people or whatever it is anyway, like you could still make money. It's not like you just because your list is small means you're going to make zero sales. Like that doesn't make any sense. Oh, I love that you said that because that's what I find is that people it's often the people who are complaining about having a tiny email list who are doing nothing to appreciate and nurture and be really generous with the list that they do have. Right? They're so focused on bringing in rather than giving out. Right. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes just like the people who already do know, like, and trust you are going to be even better than those cold leads coming in anyway. So why not take advantage of that? And why 100%. not? Like, they want like ask them hey like would this be a good offer for you like would you be interested in this and if a lot of them say yes then you know sell it to them and see how it goes you know it's, it's not like you have to um spend like so much time creating all these crazy offers just for a small burst of cash in your business you know uh yes <clears throat> So when it comes to these types of campaigns, kind of how often do you really suggest doing them? Obviously you don't want to be like bringing in a new offer in every single month, 
but just kind of like on a basis, how, what do you recommend to your students or clients and things like that? Yeah. So I, I think that they can be a really good supplement um, to your quarterly content and marketing plan. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of creating a revenue plan every quarter. And basically, if I'm getting to the end of it, pulling one of these out to really close that gap and make sure you're hitting your numbers. Um, so I think, you know, quarterly or or something like I said it's a lot of work so it's probably not something that you want to be doing monthly um, and also that gives you a chance to like kind of like sit back and reflect and then work on these longer term strategies because I would hate to be like as as great as cash injection campaigns are and as much of a game changer that they've been in my business and the businesses of my students and clients they're also not the state that you want to be existing in forever 24 oh, yeah. 7 right <laughs> yeah that'd be really stressful <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So it's a great supplement. Um, it wouldn't be like your normal mode of doing business, or maybe it would be and hats off to you for maintaining that energy. So do you, when it comes to these campaigns, do you usually create like a brand new offer every single time for these, or do you kind of repurpose what you already have and just repackage it in a different way? You don't even need to repackage it. You can use it for a, you know, an offer that you already have, a product that you already have. You can, you can create kind of a new spin on it or a new bundle or something that's kind of like one time only kind of um, addition. Um, and then the third option that actually a lot of, I'm seeing a lot of people using it for this is actually to test a brand new offer. Um, so this can be a great way to kind of like test something before you go 100% into it. Like say, for instance, you wanted to create a course, right? So you might create a simpler kind of workshop or a live run version of it. So before you've really, t you know, invested all of your time into creating the perfect course, um, you could really test it, get people in there and kind of co-create it with them. So that's where I'm seeing a lot of people use these cash injection campaigns too, is really to test their idea, like test their idea on an, a minimum viable product. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good way to do it. Cause then you can charge like, you know, a little bit of money and, you know, go live with like a masterclass or something. And then, you know, if you've got a lot of interest, then you can see, okay, cool. This is actually something I'm wanting to kind of dive deeper into. And if you don't get any sales or you get minimal sales, then you can decide from there, like, Hey, I want to move forward with this regardless, <laughs> or, you know, let's just scrap this idea. Like it was good, but, um, it's not as popular as I was expecting. Mm -hmm. And I love that you call them cash injection campaigns versus like a launch because saying a launch sounds a lot scarier to most people, I would think, and personally to me. Um, so I, I like, I really love that like terminology for, like behind it instead of just saying, oh, I'm going to like launch once a quarter. It's like, okay, but I'm going to do like this cash injection campaign. It sounds so much nicer, don't you think? <laughs> I think so too. I think a lot of people have fears around launches, um, even though, you know, you can put any other name in there um, and it would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think the word launch is really scary to people. So I think that's a really good way to put it. So I love that. I think that's really awesome. And I, I just love the whole idea behind this. And it's something that a lot of people probably kind of do already, but just like adding the name cash injection is like just a different concept, I think. Um, cause you know, some people probably already do these like little quarterly or whatever, you know, little quick 
all right, I'm going to throw this master class and see how it goes. Or I'm going to do this little small thing over here and see how it goes or like a pop-up or something like that. I'm sure a lot of people already do that in their business, but like kind of being strategic with it and not just coming up with an idea out of the blue, um, can be really beneficial in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's just dive into the three questions that I ask everyone who comes on the show. Cool. So, um, what does it mean for you to be an entrepreneur and what is your favorite part about it? So for me, being an entrepreneur just boils down to being able to make a living doing what I love in a way that I want, um, with the people that I want. So it's kind of, for me, all about having autonomy, um, and being able to work when I want. <laughs> it makes me sound like a spoiled brat, but it really is about freedom to me. Yeah, no, I exactly the same for me. Like, I just love being able to kind of do what I want when I want to do it and, you know, work on wherever I want. I mean, not that I ever work from any exotic locations, like let's be real, but you know, if I wanted to, I could. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's cool. And I think a lot of people that are entrepreneurs agree with that. They just like being able to have that flexibility and freedom for sure. So what is your favorite tool that you use in your business? This can be pretty much anything, but just something that you feel like you could not run your business without. Oh boy. It's hard to distill this. I'm kind of a tool junkie. Um, but if I had like, this is such a boring answer, but it's going to be a sauna. Um, and even though that is not the fanciest and shiniest tool out there, in fact, every time a new one comes out, like I have to like look away way because I'm so tempted to dive into it, but we are so set up in Asana and have our system set up there that it really is what works for our business um, yeah. and the agency and my business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, that's funny um, because I actually moved from Asana to ClickUp a couple of months ago and I know a lot of people were doing that, but it's like one of those things where like you have to decide like, is it really worth it to move and spend all this time moving or like, am I good here? Like, it's just one of those things and like getting the shiny object syndrome, that's something I do all the time myself because I'm a tool junkie too. But it's just like one of those things like, is it, is it worth the time and energy to move? If not, then stay where you are and put your blinders on because it, it is a lot to move tools, especially if you're doing that, like making that habit. Yeah, it's a lot to move. And frankly, it's not about the tool. Right. It's not going to solve all your problems. The grass is not necessarily greener on the other side, um, unless it is. But um, for the most part, I find that most people who move over to something else, not necessarily a sauna, but anything, right, they run into the same problems that they had anyways, if they're not addressing, addressing things at a systems issue. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Like if you're just like thinking that the tool is going to solve all your problems, that's definitely not true. Because regardless, like if there's one feature that you really think you need on Asana that something else has or vice versa. Like there's workarounds um, that aren't going to take very long to implement and it's almost easier than kind of making your whole team learn a new tool because that can be a lot too. Yes. For sure. And then lastly, who is your go-to business resource? So just anyone that you feel puts out really amazing content, really amazing offers that you just can't stop consuming. I'm going to go with an old and a new one here. So my old one is Amber McHugh from Nice Ops. Um, she has been my business mentor for almost five years. And 
I just, I don't know where my business would be without her. She has had such an impact on me and like we're working even closer over the last um, couple of years and then coming forward to this year. Um, and she's just been a total life changer for me. Um, and then a new one that I'm kind of obsessed with is Emily Hirsch. Um, she is, she has a really great marketing underground podcast. Um, I'm obsessed with her website. She runs an agency. And so since I am also growing an agency right now, I'm taking a lot of cues from what she's doing. And she's very generous with what she's sharing behind the scenes of how she makes her agency work. So those two are my gals, my go-to gals right now. Emily is amazing. I love her podcast. It's so helpful because I am not good with Facebook ads or anything like that. And like learning her strategies and just quick, like 10 to 15, maybe 20 minute episodes is still helpful because it's like one of those things I'm like, I would love to hire someone for Facebook ads, but that is a <laughs> expense. Like, so getting those little pointers to be able to kind of do it myself or at least try is really, really helpful. And she has some really great advice. So good. Yeah. And she just thinks so outside of the box. I know it's, it's amazing. It's just like one of those things where you're like, wow, this person is like killing it. Like they're just literally so innovative and amazing. I love it. Awesome. So just tell us where we can find you, your website, your um, social media channels, all that good stuff. Sure. Okay. So you can find me over, you can find my blog, all of my content. I'm hanging over at yourcontentempire.com. Um, that is also my social media handle for Instagram, for my Facebook page, as well as for Pinterest. Um, so that is where I'm sharing all my content that uh, makes up my content empire. Awesome. I will make sure to link everything in the show notes so everyone can go check you out. And thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvysocialhour.com slash episode 113. Make sure to join the Savvy Social Media Babes community Facebook group for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and more. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. You can find us on the web at www.savvysocialhour.com. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Savvy Social Hour and like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Savvy Social Hour. New episodes will be released every single Tuesday and Thursday. See you next time.